The Fake Show podcast is sponsored by the law firm of Hutchison & Stephan, North 5th Brewing Company, Threads of Envy, The Tone Factory Recording Studios, Moonshot.com t-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Following a devastating car accident in 2018, rescue workers couldn't imagine any scenario where Jen Drummond came out of it alive. But she did. In the wake of her nearly fatal disaster, Jen set out to live in a more authentic and adventurous way. Despite no mountain climbing experience, she felt inspired to climb a mountain for her birthday. Her son then raised the stakes by suggesting Mount Everest before her training coach upped the ante and proposed that she go for a world record and become the first woman to climb the seven second summits. Right now in Park City, Utah, I've got Jen Drummond on the line. Jen, good morning to you and welcome to the show. Boy, I sure love stories like yours because it's really about a miracle and about resilience, wouldn't you say? A thousand percent, yes. Before we even talk about your car accident, which was just crazy, you're living in Park City, Utah. You're a mom. And at that time, I'm assuming your goals were a lot different at before pre-accident. Yeah, the accident was definitely a line in the sand for myself and everybody in my life. Can you take me through that car crash? Because it's just a miracle, right, that you came out of this thing basically unscathed. I know, it's fascinating. Like, every time I think about it, this this past December was the five-year anniversary. And so I was driving home to my house on the highway, paying attention to the reservoir on the side of the street, and... Thankfully, my attention got pulled back to the road. I was coming up fast on a semi-truck that was going slower than the speed limit, pulling a trailer. So I went to get into the lane to go around him. There must have been something on the side of the road at the same time because he kind of bumped over too and clipped the passenger headlight of my car. So I instantly went end over end three times, rolled sideways eight to ten times, ended up upside down in the median. Um... Ambulances came and went to the hospital, got released the same day. <laughs> a few weeks later, I got a phone call from the police station because they were rebuilding the scenario just to see what was going on and how to make that area safer. Yeah. Like, hey, we rebuilt this accident over 50 times and we cannot build a scenario where you walk away, <laughs> let alone are like in the condition that you're in. Hearing that, right? Like after having the experience and then hearing that and just metabolizing it all, I realized we don't get to choose when we die, but we sure get to choose how we live. And life is a gift. Am I really living it and using it as such? And that started this whole new pursuit. Well, and you're obviously you were buckled in, but in many cases that doesn't yeah. even matter. You still can get thrown from the vehicle in an accident of this nature. Were you totally aware of how many times you were turning? And then again, once you finally came to a stop. Yeah. So when I, like the minute I saw it happen and I said to myself, which is weird because in these moments you can dilate time because it was going so fast yet it was going so slow. And I saw it happen and I said to myself, I need to surrender. The only way I'm going to survive is if I do not resist and just roll with the car. So I put my hands on the steering wheel, my head on the headrest, and I started counting. Like, I'm going to go over one. I'm going to go over twice. 
I'm going to go over three times. Now I don't have enough momentum to keep going end over end, so I'm going to roll sideways. Then I rolled sideways. I lost count in the sideways rolls just because it was kind of going fast. And then when I was upside down in the median, a guy came running. He's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I could hear him, but I wasn't really registering he was talking to me. And then he pulled down the windshield, and we caught eyes. And he looked at me, and he goes, are you okay? And I looked back at him, and I thought to myself, I must not be because that is one scared human looking at me right now. Uh-huh. And so I closed I closed my eyes and I'm like, I need to close my eyes and check if I'm okay. I'm too afraid to look. So I closed my eyes and I wiggled my fingers and toes and I said out loud to him, I can feel my fingers and toes. I can feel my fingers and toes. Like as if saying it twice makes it more real. And he looks at me and he goes, I'm going to stay with you till the ambulance comes. You're going to be okay. Wow. And I just remember thinking, I'm going to be okay. Like I, my biggest fear at that point was, you know, I was cut in half or I was going to be paralyzed or something along that line. And I'm just grateful things worked out the way they did. You mentioned it before, your perspective on life changes. Did you feel like you had to go in a different direction? You needed to go and do things? Yeah. You know, I think before I was just, I was so aware of society's expectations or the norms or like what people thought or didn't think. And then after that accident, I was like, Listen, we're all going to die. So your opinion of me is going to die. My experience is going to die. Like, I, I no longer cared so much about what other people thought, and I was afraid that I was going to run out of time. Like, what happens if this is my last decade or year or month or week or day? Like, I want to do things. I want to. I don't care if I'm good at them or not. I just want to have the experience so I can say I tried. And that really opened up just a lot of opportunity to try different things. And climbing mountains was in what it was on the list. Who pointed you in that direction, though? Because you ended up hiring a coach who trained you to be an uphill athlete. Yeah, you know, here's what it started with. I'm going to climb a mountain. And then when in 2020 was coming around, my I was turning 40. So I was looking at this big bucket list the things that I curated. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to climb a mountain for my 40th birthday. That's only going to get harder as I get older. Yeah. And I asked some friends, hey, if you could climb one mountain in the whole world, what would you climb? I'm like, oh, go climb Ama the Blom. It's the Paramount Pictures logo. So every time you go to a movie, you can say, like, I climbed that mountain. And yeah. it's really pretty. It's in Nepal. It's all the things. So I'm like, okay, that sounds great. Well, if we remember back to 2020, COVID entered the scene. So all of a sudden, I'm not climbing a mountain. I am homeschooling my seven children because schools are shut down. And one of my little guys was doing math homework, struggling one day. I gave him that parent pep talk, like, we do hard things, you've got this. And he looks up at me and he goes, Mom, if we do hard things, why are you climbing a mountain called I'm a dumb blonde <laughs> instead of a real mountain like Mount Everest? <laughs> Honey, it's Ama the Blom, not I'm a dumb blonde. Uh-huh. But thank you, like, that's cute. <laughs> that's helpful. And so then we looked, I know, can you believe it? So then we looked at Everest and I thought, you know what, if he thinks Everest is the hardest thing in the whole world, I'm going to climb it and show him we can summit whatever Everest is. And then the coach and I talked, and he sent me a book about becoming an uphill athlete. And then in there was a Guinness World Record holder for doing something in the Alps. And I don't know, I felt like I could have done that. And he came up with this new record of being the first woman to climb the second highest peak on each of the seven continents. And here we are. Who would have thought? Um, I had never heard about the seven second summits. And it's interesting, too, because they're a little more complicated than the first summits, aren't they? They are. 
are. They're actually more, in the most part, technically difficult. They're less um, commercially trafficked, so there's just not as much information about them. Um, it's harder to pull together permits and expedition things just because they're not as famous. So, yeah, it was it was fun because when I climbed, it was it felt remote. It felt exploratory. It felt all the things where I've climbed Everest, and sometimes that feels a little bit about like a outdoor Disney World for adults. <laughs> I read yeah. that you trained on Everest really to get ready for K2. Is that right? Yes, I did. Everest was my training ground for K2. And just because K2 is that much more dangerous and technical, I was like, okay, well, at least Everest is higher. So I know how I'll do at altitude. And anytime you're taking on a big pursuit, you try to do things harder in other places. So when it's game time, you have more mental bandwidth to handle what's going on. Your book talks about all of the climbs and the relationships. I mean, your climbs are a part of the book, but so are the relationships that you formed with the people in your life. And that's so important to stay connected because we really need that. I wish we had more time because I'd love to uh, talk to you more about uh, some of the climbs, but I can't wait to dig into the book. So great to talk to you. Very inspiring. Thanks, Jen. Thank you. Like we were saying, mountain climbers consider the second highest mountains on all seven continents to be technically more complex than the seven highest. Jen's book is titled Breakproof and is available at jendrummond.com. Well, that finishes this episode of the Fake Show podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Listen to the Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.